parents of little ones, exciting news. Introducing Koala Tots, my new sleep show for babies and toddlers. Designed to help them drift off faster and stay asleep longer, it features calming rhymes, original bedtime stories and soothing sleep sounds. It'll not only soothe them, but also contribute to their cognitive development as they sleep. Find Koala Tots on your favourite podcast platform. Hit follow and make the next nap time a breeze. I'll see you there. Hello and welcome back to Koala Moon, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. For this very special Thanksgiving episode, Coco and I are shouting out our thanks for joining the club to our newest yearly subscribers, Lydia from Scotland, Anaira, Drake, Henry, Zaha, Harper Evans, and Evie, Owen, Wendy, and Dave Cable. Yes, that's the whole of the Cable family from Australia. Enjoy all your unlocked episodes and the hours of ad-free listening. We're endlessly touched by all your letters of support, encouragement and positivity about our podcast. So, happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at Sleep HQ to all of you. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Before we get started on this evening's daredevil adventure, just take a moment to snuggle down into bed and think about what you want to give thanks for this year. You don't need to say it out loud. Just think quietly about what or who you are especially grateful for. Maybe it's your friendships, a lovely teacher who helped you, a pet who came into your life. Possibly it's your lovely warm bed, or the food you had tonight. Enjoy thinking about it and let your breathing steady. Maybe sigh a little and take some lovely easy breaths. Great. So now, stay with those thoughts of thanks, and I'll introduce you to tonight's tale. The family we're about to meet is preparing for their Thanksgiving feast, but unfortunately, in their rush, they leave their pumpkin pie on the supermarket checkout. Luckily for them, they selected a plucky pie who is willing to find her own way to their table. This is The Pumpkin Pie Adventure, by Luke Prendergast. Thanksgiving was approaching. Outside, the leaves on the trees had turned gold and orange and red, and the days were getting shorter. Now, at nighttime, the moon was a big, cheesy grin in the sky. Potatoes were being mashed, Cranberries were being stewed and decorations were being put up in all the houses across town. In one aisle of the supermarket, the shelves had been lined with pumpkin pies. 
all of these pumpkin pies had been baked especially for the holiday season, and each and every one of them couldn't wait to be chosen by a happy customer and taken to the checkout, rung through the till, and then get carried home to take pride of place in the centre of the Thanksgiving table. One by one, the pumpkin pies were chosen. Some were lifted from the shelves by families, young and old, others by newlywed couples, others yet by groups of friends spending the holiday seasons away from their parents. Some were taken by old ladies with grey in their hair, others by young children whose fathers had lifted them up by the waist so that they could reach the top shelf. Finally, there was only one pumpkin pie left, whose name was Patty. Even though Patty was a particularly beautiful looking pie, with a crisp crust and rich orange surface with a bright sheen, all her friends had been selected first. This might have been because she was stacked at the back of the shelf, but she wasn't worried. She was a very optimistic pumpkin pie, and she was sure that sooner or later someone would arrive, chosen by destiny to take her home for Thanksgiving. And she was right. On the morning of Thanksgiving itself, a woman lifted Patty right off the shelf. What do you think, Martin? The woman asked, showing Patty to her son, a boy of about seven years old, who was wearing a red plaid shirt and a scarf. That one looks perfect, Martin replied to his mum. I thought so too she said, and placed the pumpkin pie in her shopping trolley, alongside everything else she was taking home that day. Patty said hello to them all. The yams, the cornbread, the stuffing, the candles. Hello, Patty, they said back in a chorus. Patty was very happy indeed. All her life, she'd known that her true purpose was to adorn the centre of the Thanksgiving table, and bring joy to those around her on the holiday season. And now, that moment was finally here. Shortly, she'd be taken home by Martin and his mother, and her purpose would be fulfilled. She fizzed with excitement as she watched the yams get wrung through the till and placed into a big paper bag. And she fizzed even more as she watched the cornbread, the stuffing, and the candles go through too, placed in the bag beside the yams. Finally, it was her turn. The boy at the till picked her up, rang her through with a beep and placed her beside the paper bag. Martin's mum got out her purse, paid the boy at checkout, lifted the paper bag into her arms and left. Patty watched as she walked towards the door, holding Martin's hand in hers. Wait, Patty called. You've forgotten me. You're going to need your pumpkin pie. Wait up. But they couldn't hear her. They were already gone. Behind her, the boy at the checkout had closed the till to go on his break, and it dawned on Patty that she might be stuck here at the checkout all day and never make it to the centre of a table 
to spread holiday joy. Such a realization might have caused another pumpkin pie to worry, but not Patty. Patty was a brave and terribly positive pie, and she never let anything faze her. So it seemed that Martin and his mother had accidentally left her behind. They were sure to be disappointed when they got home and found that they didn't have a pumpkin pie. It may well ruin their day. And so, she decided, there was only one thing for it. She must find her own way to Martin's house. And in time for Thanksgiving, too. Patty took a deep breath and, with a bit of effort, pushed her arms through the side of the pastry and her legs through the bottom of the pastry. She gave her fingers and her toes a wiggle. That was better, she thought. Now she could get about by herself. Careful not to fall, she clambered down the side of the checkout. When she reached the floor, she looked from left to right to check the coast was clear before running over to the sliding doors. She didn't want to risk being seen. She didn't know what a human being would think if they saw a pumpkin pie skipping across the supermarket floor all by herself. She reached the doors and slipped outside, where there was a cool autumn breeze and cars drifted lazily by on the street. Up above her, the sky was a deep sapphire blue. It was breathtaking to behold. She looked up and down the road and realized she didn't actually know where Martin and his mother lived. She wasn't sure which way to go. Well then, she thought, the first thing she must do is find out where she was going. Patty the pumpkin pie walked up the street, past the shops and a little cafe. Outside the cafe, seats were gathered around little round tables with parasols open on them. On top of one of the tables, she saw a mouse who was collecting sugar granules that had been spilt on the table. Hello, Patty called up and the mouse turned around, gave a little twitch of her nose, and called back down. Why, hello, can I help you? Yes, please, Patty said, and straight away she explained the situation she found herself in. You see, she said when she'd finished her tale, I need to find out where Martin lives. You wouldn't by any chance happen to know, would you? The mouse swung her tail back and forth in the air a few times in contemplation. Then she said, I'm afraid I don't know who Martin is and don't know where he lives. But, she added, her eyes brightening up, I know someone who can help you. My pal, Rufus the Hound. I bet he'll be able to lend you his nose. Shall I take you to him? Yes, please, Patty said, a warm feeling of relief spreading through her. The mouse 
scurried down the table leg, stood in front of her and said, Follow me then. And together, the two of them made their way down the road. Soon enough, they reached an alleyway, and the mouse said, Just down here. Patty followed her down the alley, and at the end they came to a small garden square with bright green grass, tall trees, and lots of flower beds. He's just in here, the mouse assured her. Then she pointed across the park. There he is. She was pointing at a dog on the other side of the square who had his nose buried in a rose bush. Hey, Rufus, over here, the mouse called, and the big dog came bounding over from the other side of the park. Rufus had large feet and white fur with splodges of brown and black all over him. He had very long ears that almost reached down to his paws, and the skin on his face and body was loose and wrinkly. He had a big smile on his face and seemed like a very friendly dog indeed when he said hello to Patty and the mouse. What can I do for you this holiday season? Rufus asked. The mouse explained to Rufus that she had met Patty on the street and that Patty needed to find Martin and his mother, who had put Patty into their shopping trolley but had forgotten to take her home at the checkout. Ah, Rufus sighed, full of understanding. Let me see what I can do, he thought for a second, gave his long ears a flap, and asked Patty whether Martin or his mother had picked her up with their bare hands when they took her off the shelf. Patty cast her memory back and told him that yes, they had. Well, that's brilliant, Rufus said. That means they'll have left their scent on you. Rufus has got the most sensitive sense of smell in the whole world, said the mouse, full of pride at her friend's remarkable nose. Oh, now, Rufus said, his modesty making him a little shy. Not in the whole world. Maybe in the town. But the mouse insisted his was the best nose in the whole world. And he'll be able to smell Martin and his mother on you and tell you where they are. Patty agreed that that truly was an amazing talent. So, said Rufus, pointing a paw at his nose, may I? Oh, please do, Patty replied. Rufus the hound held his nose directly above her and took a deep breath in. Ah, I smell pumpkin he said. He took another deep breath. And cinnamon. Another breath. And that's nutmeg. Rufus 
took one more deep breath and then cried, with a look of happy satisfaction on his face. Got him. I can smell Martin and his mother. Rufus held up a paw, asking them to hold on a moment. He stuck his nose in the air, gave two great big sniffs, and then pointed across the park. And they live in that direction. I can smell them on the air. Patty was very impressed and told Rufus so. The mouse said, I told you he was the best. Now I know which direction Martin and his mother live in, said Patty, thinking out loud. I just have to find out how to get there. Well, said Rufus the hound, why don't I take you? You can hop on my back and I'll follow the scent across town and take you to wherever they are. Patty was deeply moved by Rufus's generous offer. Oh, really? She said. That's so kind. Would you be able to? Oh, for sure, said Rufus, nodding. I like running across town almost as much as I love smelling things. Patty thanked the mouse for all her help, and the mouse told her that she hoped she found Martin and his mother in time. Rufus lay down on the floor so that Patty could climb more easily onto his back. Once she was there, he said, Ready? She told him she was, and with that, they were gone. It was exhilarating to ride on the back of a dog, but strangely calming at the same time. Rufus had a lolloping gait, and while it took a minute to get used to it, when she did, Patty found its rocking motion peacefully hypnotic. Together they bounded through the town. They passed the tall municipal buildings, the bank, and the markets and the arcade of shops. They passed the main street where the Thanksgiving parade was mustering, colourful floats lined up one after the other. They passed friends hand in hand, men sat on stoops, a cat curled up on a warm metal dustbin lid. This way, Rufus shouted and then he bounded down a side street, which was lined with brown stone houses. Through the windows, Patty spotted families setting their tables for Thanksgiving dinner, and she remembered her purpose and hoped that she'd make it to Martin's house in time. Soon they came to a smaller street, lined with tall trees, their leaves rustling like whispering voices in the breeze. Rufus stopped in front of a small white house with a yard out the front, with a swing set and a black and white football. Here we are, Rufus said, and Patty the pumpkin pie replied, Is this it? Yup, said Rufus, nodding his head so his big ears flapped about.
I followed the scent, clear as day, and this is where it's led me. Patty looked at the house, wondering whether this was where Martin and his mother lived. The swings and football could easily be his, but she needed a clearer sign. Just as she had thought this, past the open window, in front of the house, past the figure of a woman. Patty recognised her immediately. It was Martin's mum. You're right, Rufus, Patty cried happily. This is the right house. That's Martin's mum. Rufus bounced around and gave a bark of glee. Patty watched as Martin's mother carried a plate of food and placed it on a big wooden table, which was set for a whole family ready to eat on. Then she left the room. Thank you very much for bringing me here, Rufus, said Patty. Now we're here. I just need to find a way to get inside. I wonder if there's a key hidden around, or a door cracked open somewhere. If that window was a little bit lower to the ground, I'd be able to climb through that. But unfortunately, it's too high up, and I can't climb that far. Patty liked to voice her thoughts out loud like this. And as she did, Rufus nodded in agreement with everything she said. He stuck his nose in the air and sniffed but said that he couldn't smell a key anywhere nearby. Then his ears pricked up, and he sniffed the air again and said, Wait, what's that? <laughs> Somebody's coming. And sure enough, around the corner of the house and into the yard strode a proud-looking turkey with a dark grey fan of tail feathers and bright red neck. As she walked into the yard, she went gobble, gobble, gobble. When she saw Patty and Rufus waiting there, she stopped, turned her head to one side curiously and said, Hello, I wasn't expecting to see you there. Patty introduced herself and Rufus and explained what it was they were doing there. Do you live here? She asked the turkey after she told her story. The turkey told them that yes, she lived on this road and liked to root through the grass in all of the front yards to find little scraps of food. Oh, brilliant, said Patty. Maybe you can help me then. Do you know if there's any way I can get into this house? I need to take my place on the table before Thanksgiving dinner starts. Is there a way in that you know? The turkey looked up at the sky thoughtfully for a few moments, considering Patty's question. Then she said, Unfortunately, there's no other door than the front one, which I can't open. But, she added, if you've come this far riding on Rufus's back, Perhaps you can climb on mine and I'll fly you up to the window. 
Patty the pumpkin pie agreed that this was an excellent idea. She hopped off Rufus's back and gave him a big hug of thanks, and then climbed up onto the turkey's back, whose feathers were not as soft as Rufus's fur, but much silkier. From through the window, they heard the sound of Martin's mother's voice. Martin, she called. Martin, could you get the pumpkin pie and place it in the middle of the table, please? A few moments later came the sound of Martin's reply from somewhere back in the house. I can't find it anywhere, he shouted. Well, I hope we haven't forgotten it, muttered Martin's mother, passing by the window. That would be a real disappointment. And she left the room to investigate. Perfect timing, whispered Patty. Now's our chance. They're waiting for me. All right then, said the turkey. Hold on tight to my neck feathers. This might be a rocky ride. Patty did as the turkey recommended. She held on tight, and with a wild flap of her wings and a scrabble of her legs, the turkey took off into the air, wobbling this way and that until finally she landed a little unsteadily on the windowsill. Off you hop, the turkey said. I can't balance here for too long. Patty said a quick thank you to the turkey and slipped off her back. She climbed down the curtain, scuttled across the room, and climbed up the leg of the dining table. The table was beautifully decorated and set out with all kinds of wonderful dishes. She saw the yams and the cornbread, the stuffing, and the candles ready to be lit. Patty, they cried, you made it. I did, she said, I knew I would. In the middle of the table, Patty saw the empty pie stand, and she picked her way among her old friends and took up her place on it, just as Martin's mother was entering the room. Oh, dear she was saying. I guess we've left the pumpkin pie behind. But then she stopped what she was saying. She was looking at the table with an expression of surprise on her face. And then she broke out into a smile of great joy. Wow, she whispered. And then she called out, Martin, here it is. It's on the table. It must have been here all along. Martin ran into the room and wrapped his arms around his mother's legs. There it is, he said. And it's an even better looking pie than I thought it was in the supermarket. It is, isn't it? said his mum, smiling down at him. I can't wait for the whole family to arrive, Martin said. It's going to be a great Thanksgiving. Martin and his mother left the room 
to wait for their whole family to arrive and start the celebrations. Patty took a deep breath in and let out a long sigh. She deserved it. What a trip she'd taken, finding her way from the supermarket to this table all by herself. Or rather, not quite by herself, with the help of her new friends, the mouse, Rufus the hound, and the friendly turkey outside. She couldn't have done it without them. And so, Patty the pumpkin pie sat in the centre of the table, feeling a great deal of happiness that she'd achieved her purpose. All of the family commented how wonderful the table looked and how brilliant the pumpkin pie. This is the most wonderful Thanksgiving ever, they all agreed. And Patty couldn't help blushing just a little bit with pride.